the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, May the 23rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On May 23rd, 1984, Surgeon General C. Everett Koop issued a report saying there was very solid evidence linking cigarette smoke to lung disease in non-smokers. Today in 1430, Joan of Arc was captured, sold to the English. I think most of us know that story. Did not end well for Joan. Today in 1934, bank robbers Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, they were shot to death in a police ambush in Louisiana. Today in 1937, John D. Rockefeller, founder of Standard Oil Company and the Rockefeller Foundation, he died in Florida. He was 97 years old. Today in 1945, Nazi official Heinrich Himmler, he committed suicide by biting into a cyanide capsule. He was in British custody at the time. Today in 2007, I've often wondered if one of the British guys slipped him the capsule. Otherwise, how would have he been able to have that? Wouldn't have they searched him? I don't know. Today in 2007, President George W. Bush, speaking at the U.S. Coast Guard commencement, he portrayed the Iraq War as a battle between the U.S. and Al-Qaeda and said Osama bin Laden was setting up a terrorist cell in Iraq to strike targets in America. Much of what was, I'm sad to say, much of what was uh, predicated as the reason for the war on Iraq did not prove to be true, as we learned later. Ten years ago today, the Boy Scouts of America threw open its ranks to the Gay Scouts, but not to Gay Scout leaders. However, that would come next. And then the Boy Scouts of America would begin to walk down a path to extinction. And they're on that path today. The gays are infiltrated throughout that organization. Parents know it. And they're sending their children to other kinds of organizations, their boys in particular. And I encourage every parent to do so. It's sad. Boy Scouts of America had such a was such a part of American life. But no more. Five years ago today, the NFL owners approved a new policy allowing players to protest during the national anthem by staying in the locker room. But they forbid them from sitting or taking a knee on their field. I was so happy when they did that. I remember it well. I got sick and tired. I, like, I love football and I like to watch it. And, and um, I got sick and tired of those guys out there making the national anthem all about them. It's really supposed to be all about us. So that was a good thing in my view. NFL owners made the right decision there as far as this one guy is concerned. I thought it was good. Montana passed a bill recently. You probably heard this. I mentioned it in passing on this program a few days ago. I think it was last, I can't remember which day, but it was a while back. 
when it happened, actually. But anyway, they passed this bill banning TikTok from the state of Montana. China, <laughs> is Chinese people that run TikTok are now claiming that their First Amendment rights have been violated. They are, I, I don't know, you can figure that one out. Are they claiming this in Mandarin? Or, I mean, what are, do they have all the rights that Americans have? Or are they just assuming they'll take the rights that we give them? Or anyway, yeah, China says, no, our First Amendment rights have been violated. We know the Constitution, and that's not fair. We're not going to let you guys trample on our God-given rights in America. I got this email yesterday from one of our listeners. It says, hi, Gary, listening to this morning's program, pro- broadcast in which you uh, address the issue of fear. We talked about that yesterday on the program. I got this yesterday, later in the day after the program had been aired in this guy's area. He said, I listen, um, I listen to ESPN radio a lot because I'm a big sports fan. I begin to realize that a lot of their commercials are fear or issue driven and have nothing to do with sports. Three of the ads that they air every day are, one, you've got cancer and it has spread to your brain. Two, Spokane, you can end the violence. Three, is a seatbelt commercial in which two guys go to work and it vividly tells how one guy doesn't make it home because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I guess there is an actual video on this one. He said, so anyway, I decided to quit listening to the commercials. Well, good for you. That's great. Listening to them, he said, every day could easily indoctrinate me or at least depress me. That's true. If, you, if, it, if, if the media doesn't indoctrinate you, they certainly do depress us, all of us. He said, it definitely had me wondering, isn't this supposed to be a sports station? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we were talking about. Thank you uh, for right, sending me that. Uh, that's what we were talking about yesterday. The, these guys, they, they put up like sports is a great example. They put up sports and then they use that as a vehicle for indoctrination and all this other kind of thing. They don't, some of them don't really care about sports. It's just a vehicle. Uh, and it could be any number of, of, you know, interest points that they use, but every one of them is embedded with some message that has nothing to do with why you're watching or listening to them in the first place. It's interesting. Example, every day there's an example, but this morning, this morning, the World Health Organization, I mentioned them in passing yesterday, they came out with a warning this morning, Tuesday morning, the threat of another deadly pathogen emerging with even more catastrophic potential than the Chinese coronavirus cannot be ruled out in the future. So says Dr. Tedros. He's the head of the, the Chinese installed He's not Chinese, but he was installed by China of the World Health Organization. He was speaking this morning at the World Health Assembly Forum in Geneva, Switzerland. He said the possibility of another public health crisis must be addressed. He said we cannot kick this down the road. In other words, get out your checkbooks, America particularly, but others as well, Europe. Start writing these big checks. It's going to cost us billions and billions and billions of dollars to save ourselves from this unknown um, virus that's coming at some point, and it's worse than the Chinese coronavirus. We got good results from that. We shut down churches. We locked people up. We gave them shots that they didn't need that may have been damaging to their health. So here we go, round two. I don't mean to sound cynical, but that 
is the leadership in the world today. That's where they're coming from. They're globalists. They have one thing in mind. The leadership in America is so confused, I don't know if they know what their agenda is, but they know some of it, and some of the people behind the scenes pulling the strings, they know what they're doing, and they know what they're trying to do with America. One other thing I wanted to mention today, there, um, the, uh, there is a move, uh, and I talked about this about a week or two ago, uh, in Washington State. It, it, this is just for Washington State. Uh, Senate Bill 5599, uh, I talked about that. I'm not going to take the time to go through it, but most of you who are interested know what it is. But um, there's a move to get signatures uh, to to uh, try, try to overturn this, basically. And they're, at, they're needing 200,000 signatures by July 15th. And I mentioned that a while back that they needed some, I think it's 180, but they you always have to have more because some, they 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 eliminate some of the signatures uh, for various reasons. And if it's something that's conservative or Christian, they, they seem to be more, more aggressive even than for other issues. But nonetheless, uh, there is a website. I, uh, the lady's name is Dawn Land, and probably many of you listening in Washington State know her. I don't, and I don't remember that we've ever met. But anyway, she is the person who... Uh, some of our listeners sent me some information, and she is the person that has filed for the referendum, and she's kind of heading it up from what I understand. But they, she and others have created this website, and it's at reject5599.com. And it's reject with a, with a capital R and then lowercase E-J-E-C-T, and then all one word, 5599.com. You can go to that website. I did, and there was information there. That's about uh, what I know about it. I'm sure other people are out there working on it. I hope they are. But she seems to be kind of the lead person. So um, that's reject, capital R, E-J-C-T, 5599.com. As I get more information on that, I will send it along to you. Thanks for being with me each day. I appreciate that. I appreciate your notes, your comments, and we certainly appreciate your support. We couldn't do this. We wouldn't be having this conversation without those of you who support it. I am deeply, deeply moved by the things that you write, your support, your emotional, your prayer support, your financial support. Thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98. Zero zero nine box three nine nine Bellevue Washington nine eight zero zero nine. Conservative legal groups have expressed concern, and they should, over the Biden administration's recently announced guidance on religious expression. Yes, Joe Biden and his people are now saying that they are putting out and have put out some um, guidance for us Christians, and how we are to carry on our religious expression. And it's for others as well, not just Christians. But when you talk about religion in America, you're talking about Christianity. They can make it as pluralistic as they want to, but most people in America are Christian or they claim to be Christian, and they they lean that way because they're not anything else. So they do that. There is atheists, and there, there are others that are not Christian and not you know Muslim and whatever. But Christianity is the dominant belief among Americans today. It continues to be. Uh, 
There's reason for concern anytime the government begins giving guidance on prayer and religious expression. And that's what caught my attention as I was going through a ton of news yesterday, as we do every day. And um, there is reason for concern because the government has inserted itself once again in telling us how we can and cannot express ourselves religiously in America, a country that was founded on the whole notion of religious freedom. Personally, I get sick and tired of that. But I'm going to stand with Ronald Reagan, what he said. He famously said, you've heard this before. I've quoted it before. I mean, everyone on the right and the conservatives have quoted it before because it rings the bell. It's how most of us feel, if not all of us. But President Ronald Reagan famously said, he said, I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm here from the government. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. I think that's how I feel when I hear the government saying to us, well, let's reach out now. We're going to help you be religious, and we're going to tell you what you can do and not do as in your religion and so on. But the purpose of this updated guidance is to provide information on the current state of the law concerning constitutionally protected prayer and religious expression in public schools. This is a quote from the Education Department. The principles in it outlined in its updated guidance are similar to the U.S. Department of Education's 2003 and 2020. And in fairness, I I need to say this. It's not a departure necessarily, but it is a focus on some cracks in the wall, I believe. And I'm not the only one that believes that. President Bill Clinton signed legislation and put out a proclamation in 1995 which spoke to that issue. He was certainly not a spiritual leader of America, but at least he understood the, the whole notion of religious freedom. Now, people of his own political party, I think they have no clue Or if not, they have 100% rejected it, even though some of them claim to be Christians. This Keisha Russell, she's a counsel at the First Liberty Institute. She said in a statement on Tuesday that there are concerns with newly released guidance. That was a week ago today. Russell says we respect that the Biden administration acknowledges the important religious liberty rights of public school employees, as the Supreme Court declared in its Kennedy decision last year, Kennedy being the coach from Bremerton, Washington. Nevertheless, Russell warned that the administration's new guidance relies on old propositions derived from the overturned Lemon decision, and I'll come back to that in a moment, but she's referring to a 1971 Supreme Court decision called the Lemon decision. The decision allowed for government involvement in religion that as long as they could prove that one, it ser- there were three things. One, it served a secular purpose. Two, did not inhibit or advance religion. Three, did not result in an excessive entanglement of church and state. What was so universally understood when this nation was founded, and for, for at least the first 150 years of this nation, now is being parsed, and, and they're breaking it down, and they're saying, well, this is you can do this if your motive is that from a religious freedom point of view and expression. More recent Supreme Court decisions have kind of moved away from the so-called lemon test standard that was advanced by the 1971 decision, 
some other 20th century rulings, the high court has been deciding that religious expression on government property does not have to fulfill those three-pronged standards of the so-called lemon test. There's also concern among some Christian lawyers about this because the guidance also removes another section that um, ensures that student groups can choose their own group leaders that agree with the group's mission. We talked about that on this program here a while back. It's been maybe a year or so ago when that became a real uh, pressing issue. We had these groups, you know, Christian athletes and, and Christian clubs on campus, and they were fighting for just a fair to be treated fairly, just like all of the left-wing, far-out, nonsensical groups are. And they were having to fight for, for their place at the table because they were Christians. And then they came up with this idea. Atheists started infiltrating these Bible clubs or Christian clubs, and generally in, in high school and, and in college campuses. But they started infiltrating these clubs, and they would come in, and they would try to run for president, and some of them would figure out how to get elected. And so the Christian uh, community realized what was happening and took a stand against it, and and said you know and so the schools were saying well you know we have to be inclusive and you know all the buzzwords that they use uh, the left and so they were saying well you have to let this guy so this guy's an atheist and he comes to the Bible club and he gets into leadership maybe by misleading the people what however whatever process was involved in each case but he he gets into leadership or she and so all of a sudden you've got an atheist leading the Bible club I mean. So that's what was happening, and that was addressed, and it we got to the point, and those that were leading in that area got to the point where that what the clubs didn't have to allow that to happen, to be quote-unquote constitutional. So there's some concern on what Biden administration is putting out there now, that it could lead to more violations of students' and teachers' right to association, which is the real issue there. So while conservative groups have taken issue with this, so-called progressive organizations like, uh, particular, the Americans United for Separation of Church and State, they're hailing this. So anytime you see the left really applauding, you know, with hands in the air, clapping and so on, something that the Biden administration has done, beware because it, it is not in our favor as Christians and conservatives. And that's exactly what's happening with this issue. They put out a statement the other day, and I, I won't read the whole statement, but they, they said, in fact, it was released Monday, yesterday. They said, we applaud the Biden administration for updating the guidance, which centers on the religious freedom of public s- school students. Well, when you hear the left saying they, they applaud Biden for updating the guidance which centers on religious freedom, you better know it's some kind of a, an attack, either either obvious or, you know, somehow through the back door, uh, trying to diminish our religious freedoms. I, I mean, that's just where we are. I don't mean that cynically. I just is what it is. So anyway, they're applauding the Biden administration as the administration from their statement reaffirms public schools must be open and inclusive for students of every religion and none that would be of course like atheists 
And Americans United president, this CEO, Rachel Laser, she put out this statement. She said, perhaps more importantly, the guidance emphasizes the public school employees, including teachers and coaches, may not coerce students to pray. Nothing about the Supreme Court's 2022 decision in Kennedy versus Bremerton, the school district, changes the fact that the Constitution prohibits public schools from sponsoring prayer. Nobody's trying to get the public schools to sponsor prayer. What we're trying to do is get the public schools and this administration to back off and understand that America was founded on religious freedom. And they're trying to take it away from us on every opportunity. That's all this is about. It's not anything sinister. We're not trying to create a new America. They're the ones that are trying to remake America. Not the conservatives, not the Christians. There's a phrase that we often hear. I've quoted it on this program a number of times that others quote it. Someone asked Ben Franklin when he stepped out of the Constitutional Convention. They had finally finished writing the Constitution. They said to him, what kind of a country or what kind of a government have you given us that the source of that quotation in fact is a it's in a, a journal that was kept by James McHenry and uh, McHenry might be a familiar word he was from Maryland and uh, uh, Fort McHenry and so on he lived from 1753 to 1816 and he was a Maryland delegate to the Constitutional Convention he was in the room one of the guys writing the Constitution so on the page where McHenry records the events of the last day of the convention, the last day of the Constitutional Convention was September 18th, 1787. On that day in his journal, he wrote this. I'm quoting his journal. A lady asked Dr. Ben Franklin, Well, doctor, what have you got? Uh, what have you got a republic? What have you got, a republic or a mo- monarchy? A republic, replied the doctor, if you can keep it. And that's, of course, been quoted and paraphrased for years by people who care about such things. And we all should, but we all don't. 201, our founding fathers believed that religious freedom was essential to a prosperous free nation. I mean, the principles they used, certainly they most of them were devout Christians, but not all of them. But all of them recognized that worldly secular systems fail. They have failed from the beginning of time. The founders did not believe what secularists have put upon the church and upon the nation today. This whole notion of separation of church and state is a is nonsensical. Thomas Jefferson never meant that to mean anything other than an assurance to the Danbury Baptists that the government would not be fiddling around with the church and messing with what they do. He said, you're protected from the government, is what he was saying in his letter to the Danburys. But the left has seized that, and they know in their minds, they've got to know, that they have perverted it and stood it on its head to mean exactly the opposite of what Thomas Jefferson meant when he wrote that letter. And that is the basis of this whole separation of church and state thing. Nobody want some kind of a religious state here where some kind of a mullah or, or a evangelical pastor becomes the leader in the sense of everybody has to be a Christian. 
That isn't the way Christianity was designed by God himself and his son Jesus Christ who died on a cross for our sin and was resurrected from the dead so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the premise upon which this nation was built. That's why I have such passion about it. When people say to me, oh, Gary, I wish you were still preaching the gospel. Man, I am preaching the gospel. I've done this my whole adult life. From the pulpit, in the media, for years. And this this is a message. This is something we need to take a stand on because God has blessed this nation. There are those among us who are constantly trying to undermine and silence the Christianity and the Christians in the nation. Washington State's own Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas, remember him? I've talked about him before because he had a house out of Yakima. I won't put, I won't put you through that story again. If you're a new listener, I'll, I'll get back to it one of these days. But uh, anyway, William O. Douglas was um, lived in Washington State, and I grew up in, in Yakima, Yakima and the Yakima Valley in central Washington. And he had a house up in the up in the woods, up in, going into the mountains out of Yakima. We used to drive, my dad and I would go fishing a lot, and we, we'd drive by there, and dad would always point out that, see down that road, Gary, that William O. Douglas, he lives, lives down there. That's his place. He didn't stay there all the time, but he was there quite a bit. So anyway, that William O. Douglas. But anyway, he said this in a case, in a 1952 case, Zorak versus Clausen. He wrote this. He said, the First Amendment, however, does not say that in every and all respects there shall be a separation of church and state. And he was not a Christian. He didn't claim to be a Christian. He said, otherwise, the state and religion would be aliens to each other, hostile, suspicious, even unfriendly. Hmm. Municipalities would not be permitted to render police or fire protection, he says. And that's true, if that was fully enforced. Policemen who help parishioners into their places of worship would violate the Constitution. Douglas continued, he said, prayers in our legislative halls, the appeals to the Almighty in the messages of the chief executive, the proclamations making Thanksgiving Day a holiday, so help me God in our courtroom oaths, these and all the other references in the Almighty to the Almighty that run through our laws, our public rituals, and our ceremonies would be flouting the First Amendment. A fastidious atheist and agnostic, he said of himself. But he said that. He recognized religious freedom. He said, we are religious people whose institutions presuppose the supreme being. He said, when the state encourages religious instruction, it follows the best of our traditions. And he continues on that on that whole line of thinking. He never never deviates from that. And finally, he says in his, what in his written opinion, he said, we find no constitutional requirement which makes it necessary for government to be hostile to religion and to throw its weight against efforts to widen the effective scope of religious influence. We cannot read into the bills of right, the Bill of Rights, such a philosophy of hostility to religion. But we live in a day today when there is hostility toward religion. And I'm not suggesting that we go around with a chip on our shoulder looking under every rock for somebody. But no, it's there. And we need to recognize it. And we need to let our light shine more brightly than ever before. We must stand for our for truth and for our testimony of freedom in Jesus Christ. And this is a time when I believe God is calling us 
to stand up and be counted and to do the works of the Lord. Be a light, be salt and light in a terribly dark culture that we live in, one that is decaying and rotting. I believe God has called us to stand for a time like this. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.